0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Stories from the Influencer Economy. This is Ryan Williams. So glad you're here this week for episode number 41. My guest is Ezra Cooperstein, who's the president of Fullscreen, a media technology entertainment company based in Los Angeles. Before I get into the episode, wanted to say quickly, I'm going back to South by Southwest, having a meetup on March 15th for how to build your platform. So if you're a podcaster, a YouTube creator, and someone who wants to build a social media platform come to the meetup it's at the marriott on the 15th this weekend in south by southwest down in austin texas we'll be having beer and coffee be very early in the morning at 9 30 a.m i'm calling this the hair of the dog meetup but i think you'll love it if you want to meet other people like yourself and figuring out how to create content on platforms. so if you're interested in attending that hit me up ryan j will on twitter or email me, Ryan, at com to RSVP. And this is officially with South by Southwest. I want to remind everyone, I'm excited to say I have a free How to Launch Your Podcast guidebook. It's a tip sheet for launching and marketing your podcast. So please email me, Ryan, at com if you'd like the free guidebook. It's a playbook for how to make content around your podcast, market it, book guests, and a quick tip sheet for starting a show. It's a guidebook I wish I had back in the day when I started my podcast, and feel free to reach out to me, Ryan at influencereconomy.com, if you're interested. And finally, if you're listening on iTunes, please hit the subscribe button. We'd love to have you in the long haul and, and leave a review. It's always good to hear from people and get feedback. So without further ado, wanted to jump right into the episode with Ezra Cooperstein went over to full screen recently and chatted him up about a lot of different things they're working on in media.) <laughs> Mark Maron, Chris Hartwick, uh, Bill Simmons, and uh, Iron Glass. Iron Glass, yeah. This American Life. Yeah. those are my. That's my Mount Rushmore for podcasts. I like that. What do you think?
1: I think that's pretty strong.
0: Um, that's really strong, actually. And I add Bill Simmons, and Mar- I think his legacy. I think the key for Mount Rushmore is what legacy had they left. That's right. And Chris Hartwick has Nerdist Industries, a whole generation of content creators. Bill Simmons, I think with Grantland, he went on the Mount Rushmore because he's got Jonah Carey and Brian Koppelman who are now prolific podcasters on his network. Ira Glass now with Serial, Startup. Alex Bloomberg, yeah. Alex Bloomberg. Yeah. That's strong. Yeah. I, like that. I like that lineup. Yeah, what shows do you listen to?
1: What shows do I, I So, um, This American Life, uh, Startup Podcast, uh, freak, the, freakonomics. the influencer economy. Influencer economy. Yeah. First of all, every morning, yeah. um, usually in the shower, I just it gets me going. Two or three in the morning. times a day. I I like to go back and um, you know, uh, episode one, Bernie Burns. That's I usually listen to that every single day in my car when I drive to work. Yeah, you're not alone. It's uh, there's there's actually something there's a a little bit of a ASMR in that podcast, so it gives a little tingle in my uh tingle in my dome. Everyone you know gets about. that tingle. Really? Yeah. I'm not sure. It's, it's, it's actually Bernie's voice, not yours. So It's always
0: Bernie's voice. Yeah. And Bernie, who now works for your company. Very lucky, yeah. So, um, so Anyway, Ezra, welcome to the, the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, by the way. So we're here at your full screen offices in Culver City.
1: We, yes, we are... Um, in your uh, your boardroom. We're in a boardroom, yeah. We're, we're actually counting down the days. In, in three weeks, we moved down um, to Playa Vista, which is... Uh, um, an air, another area in, in Los Angeles. And um, it's really exciting because we're, the company's now four years old. We have um, almost 300 people. Oh, nice. And in LA, we have about 225 people, but we're scattered in four offices. So we're consolidating everyone in one office in Playa Vista and
0: uh, that will become the epicenter as we take over the world. And you are the president of the I'm, the pre- I'm the
1: president of Full screen, that's right, yep.
0: And then you were at Maker Studios previously. I was
1: previously at maker studios and, uh, helped that get that whole thing going. And, um, before that was at a company called, uh, current TV, uh, Al Gore's television network. Oh, I forgot you invented the internet. I, before that I invented the internet. Exactly. <laughs> so essentially you, are you from LA originally? I'm actually originally from Santa Cruz. Okay. And, uh, went to school in LA and then found myself back up in San Francisco. Um, kind of bumming around trying to figure out what I was going to do with my uh, post-collegiate um, life. And uh, I ran into a guy who was an early founder of, of Current, and um, he brought me in as an intern, and um, and that became sort of the driver of my career. And, you know, underlying, underlying my entire... The whole thesis for my career has been um, the exploration that was Current TV, which was about um, this new, uh, world order where you have creators, new creators who are empowered by technology to make stuff that was once only in the hands of, um, a few and to distribute it to everyone globally in the way that only a few had the ownership of that distribution.
0: And so that point actually is a good segue because my podcast, I think a a sixth, I counted as sixth of my guest count like one sixth either works at full screen now was acquired by full screen or somehow you guys just have listened to the podcast.
1: I mean, that's exactly right. So um, I, sw- I, I'll, I actually run corp dev here and all I do is <laughs> I don't even look at the companies. I just listen to your podcast and that's where we go after. You so run any, run if any. anyone wants to take a page out of our playbook, I would recommend that they, and we've been pretty successful. I would say that yeah. they should listen to your podcast. Um and uh, it's pretty much how it works. So we have Ca- causation or correlation. I think by it's, the
0: way, I think causation equals correlation. Okay. in this situation, because Bernie Burns is my first guest and Barbara Dunkelman, who also so Bernie Burns works at Rooster Teeth. Yep, republished the episode. Uh, we had number forty for the podcast. Congratulations happy on birthday, that! So, yeah, thank you. So we republished the Bernie episode.
1: Uh huh. Over the hill now.
0: Yeah, we're definitely got a beer gut. And uh, don't get out much, but we've got Adam Kovac and Bruce Green, who just were f- became Funhouse. Yep, and are now here. Companies that you have under your umbrella that you think differentiates them between others. Um,
1: well, I think that uh, Rooster Teeth. For I think that they have incredible leadership. Um, that they have incredible team, and I think they've built a lasting brand and um, a proven lasting brand. And they also know how to create really high-quality, compelling content to feed that, um, uh, to, to enable that brand. And that brand is built around a passionate community base. And I think that's one of the really interesting themes that I think a lot about um, as I look at the, the future of media and um, is it's really about community building. And that these brands are built direct to consumer. Like, people love Rooster Teeth. And they've built a massive community around that, around that brand, around the content that they create, the people who empower that brand. And that's the lasting legacy that continues to create value um, for, for that enterprise. And I think that that's, what's, uh, it's so, that that's the theme. That's what has to, you have to have that. Good content is just not enough. You have to have content that, drives community activation that people can't live without that they have to circle themselves around that they have to buy a t-shirt uh, for that they have to go to a convention because of and there's not very many brands that have built that that fan base
0: right and so the whole convention t-shirt merchandise it's like these companies like rooster teeth are building media businesses for the modern day that's and right they're going they're going selling directly to their fans so, exactly. So they don't have to go through the bigger media entity to reach fans. They actually produce their own content, produce their own merchandise, host their own conferences. I think in a lot of ways they're the model of how businesses will keep their communities happy in the future. And you don't need to go to Comic Con and have big trade shows anymore. Yeah. You can do RTX, the conference that Rooster Teeth has, and it's very focused. Yeah. It's like they've created a kit. Actually, I base it in the book. There's a, like they have a lot of fundamentals that are like the influencer economy companies have, yeah. which are you give to your community, like with, with you protect your community. You know, the community, like you're saying, is the most valuable entity.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that gone are the days where you just take a bunch of content and you push that at people. Um, content brands have to do so much more. They have so mu- they have to, in- they have to have such a deeper relationship with their consumers um, and I think that's kind of the the death of the traditional media brand, like like an MTV. Like an MTV has a very hard time creating community around itself, and so over time it just it loses it loses value, it loses purpose. It you know, and and I think it had that when we when I was growing up, MTV had that. I rallied around MTV, and it felt like it was built for me, and I would go to the mattresses for MTV. It was, you know, I want my MTV. And as it grew, as it grew, it, it it lost that authenticity and that connection to the fan base as it tried to become all things to all people, as it became the the space became more competitive. And I think that's the challenge for traditional brands is like, how do they reinvigorate a fan base? Like MTV doesn't have that credibility to like that people literally will show upside. It's, you know, it's, it's offices or his house and just be like, I cannot live without you. Right. Like that's what Bernie lives. Like that's the life that Bernie lives. Like literally people travel across the country to touch him
0: and to be part of this, this world that, you know, that Rooster Teeth has built. And how would you describe full screen as a company? So, um, just to, to my mom who's listening.
1: Yeah. So, um, to understand full stream, you have to understand, and I'm sure, you know, the list, the avid listeners of this podcast understand this, but you know, we have this transformation that we were talking about of a new world of creators who are developing and cultivating programming and audiences across, um, YouTube, Vine, Instagram, Snapchat. And those are exciting new distribution platforms. Um, And these self-publishers are empowered as never before. And Fullscreen is the company that supports them. Fullscreen provides uh, technology and business services to help those creators fulfill their potential. Um, And that means we do ad sales. We build technology to help them grow their audiences. We help them develop better content. uh, We help them distribute that content across their platforms. And we help them... Fully commercialize everything that they do, um, and um, so that's the core of the full screen business. Is um, we are a network that does all those things for about seventy thousand next generation content creators. Um, we do a lot of things, so like that's the core of the business. Right. But we all so we also built. Uh, we learned very quickly that one of the, that we were really good at that for creators. Um, And we got a lot of interest actually from brands who said, well, you guys are really good with working creators. Like, Can you help us grow across YouTube? Can you help us be better at YouTube and understand our audience? Can you help connect us with influencers? So we also built a pretty uh, substantial practice that we call Channel Plus, which is um, about helping brands build their YouTube presence. Um, And now it's going cross-platform as well. And um, so on that business, we work with companies like Fox and GE and uh, NBC, to name a few. We have about 65 clients um, over on on that side of the business. And you built them YouTube communities. We built their YouTube communities. We help them create better content. We help them better understand their audiences. We help them with operations, strategy, management, everything, if you're a brand, that you need to do to be great at YouTube
0: today. And you guys were just acquired then? Is that right?
1: So yeah, so um, in October of last year, we um, were um, acquired by um, uh, Otter Media. Um, I'm gonna tell it's for your mom. So yeah, um, yep. So Otter Media go, is go a go broad with it. Otter Media is a. Um, is I was a, a lovely person,
0: but she doesn't she, know. She doesn't Otter know about media Otter Media is. probably not no. yet.
1: Otter Media is a, a, a JV um, uh, between the Churning Group. Uh, Peter Chernin is the, you know, best known as being the former head of uh, News Corp, and uh, literally, you know, is one of the most, um, uh, the 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 top executives in the entire media space, um, and a, just a lovely guy. And um, Peter, through the Chernin Group, had been an investor in Fullscreen. They were all. They're also investor in. Um, He's on the board of, of uh, Twitter, they're investor, investors in Tumblr, they're, he's on the board of Pandora. So they've got their foothold in, um, uh, in digital media. And then they teamed up with AT&T who they, who they were partnered with and were working on trying to acquire Hulu to build next generation video businesses, over the top video businesses together. So AT&T, massive, you know, we all know what AT&T is, they're a massive uh, mobile business. They, um, you know, they've got uh, their uh, U-verse, they, 18 million um, broadband subscribers, 120 million mobile subscribers. Like, they're awesome, they're huge. And so, those guys came together to build next generation video businesses. They had already acquired a company called Crunchyroll, which is a subscription video on demand um, product for anime content, Does it's doing exceptionally well. And then they acquired Fullscreen, um, a majority of full screen, um, and to build this next generation portfolio.
0: That's cool. That That makes a lot of sense. I think for me, it's just fascinating to watch how the companies that you're working with are their own media brands, and then you are a bigger, you're not a conglomerate per se, but you're a a factory of sorts for these creators to come and, and, and up their game. And then bigger, more traditional companies are now seeing that.
1: And yeah. I mean, I think that, uh, and people always ask me this, like, why is every, why are all these traditional companies getting into this space? Yeah, And, um, it's, um, we're not there yet, but it's, it's clear that the market is dramatically changing, right? You know, that, um, this closed system that everyone has lived in for the last 30 years where, you know, the price to entry of launching a linear television network was so high that there was only a few companies that could do it. And there was only, because of the, the limitations of technology, there was only so many slots on that yeah, TV dial. Absolutely. And all of a sudden now we're in this unfettered world where the a, a, someone who, um, you know, it, someone, the whole concept of your show is about these next generation content creators are literally challenging the biggest media brands in oh, the yeah. world. Oh, yeah. It's so and awesome. That's a scary idea. It's so if, awesome. If to you're watch. on the, uh, if you're on the, if you work at Viacom and you're on the 56th floor in Times Square and you're looking down and you're like, dude, there's a dude that's down there walking through Times Square who has more subscribers on YouTube and gets more views on YouTube than all of our brand channels combined.
0: Yeah. Like that's a scary idea. That's terrifying. And, um, what's like the, uh, the o- Obama, right? He met with three YouTube creators: Flazella, um Hank Green, and Bethany Mata Recently, Mota. Oh, Fla- uh, yeah. And uh, people in like traditional media, like MSNBC and CNN, were ripping on the president. Why would he meet with YouTube creators? Yeah. Why wouldn't he? That's the better question. Why yeah.
1: W- well, I think there's like, I think traditional media. It's 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 scary, and a lot of the, I think a lot of the reaction that you see around uh, around the spaces is there's it's it's fear it's fear based reaction to a reality that they can't control that like
0: rooster teeth um can you explain rooster teeth actually
1: yeah so so rooster teeth is a, is a brand is uh it's comedy gaming community they have um a, a set of channels uh including the rooster teeth channel on youtube they have uh the let's play channel or achievement hunters channel which is more gameplay um, they have the No, which is news and information channel, um, and we've just added Funhouse, which is a, um, another kind of gameplay news channel. Um, and we're uh, my old
0: friends from uh, Machinima; we yep, used to work together. Yeah, and they just joined like two weeks ago, Ex- uh,
1: about a month ago. Yeah, yeah. And um, and so this is a company that is um, re- you know led by Bernie Bernie Burns and Matt Hullum, who uh, the team is in Austin, Texas. It's a company of about eighty people. They set the record for the largest Indiegogo finance movie of all time. Um, check out episode one of this podcast to learn more about yeah. Rooster Teeth. But um, that brand, probably on a, on a daily basis, is like, on an a- like, the average video is doing more views than, than t- if you turn on TBS today, right? And like, that's so scary. Yeah. Like, you know, like, this, young people don't watch, I mean, like I say, they don't watch TV, but they, their tastes are changing.
0: So are people like bigger brands and companies, are they scared of this world or are they trying to partner with this world? Yeah. Or do they think that they can actually still not engage with it?
1: I mean, I think we're past the, we can't engage with it. Like that's, that was, that's gone. Now we're in the, okay, we have to understand it and we have to figure out how we play within it. Um, And so smart brands are embracing it. Smart brands are uh, both publishing brands and um, you know, the largest brands in the world are really embracing the opportunity and realizing that now the world's not changing today, but in twenty years we'll look back and realize that the companies that made the effort, the companies that said yes, these influencers are important. These influencers have are tastemakers. These influencers have the voice of young people, and that partnered with them in smart ways, they will look at they will looked at as uh, market leaders and right. they will be further
0: ahead because they made these moves. Um, Wait, no, market leaders is interesting because so often the people that rise to the top are early or they're you know, very successful right away or they have great content or to the point earlier about community. Like right. they, somehow they've cultivated a connection with people that they've got to have it and they can't miss this thing. It's this habit forming addiction that people have where they have to go back every week or every, yeah. every other day to get the content.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that that's... Um, th- Which that's is such a-, a
0: different way of thinking than right. traditional media companies have thought for the last hundred years, right? Because your TV shows come on every week. They only run for certain seasons. But now you're a YouTube creator. You have to create every week. You can't take a day off. You, can't, you can maybe record videos in advance. Yeah. But your audience is looking for you. To, you have to consistently create content.
1: That's right, and um, well I think that like if for a TV brand like MTV has to program through MTV has a uh, it's more challenging endeavor right they've got a program twenty four seven three sixty five right like and that's how they build they have to constantly be on um, so that's a consistent programming voice um, the, a content creator who is themselves now a media brand has to have a consistent Presence and voice. Um, what I think is different, though, is the the um, the relationship between individual creator or or these next generation brands and consumers versus these top down traditional media brands. As we were talking about before, around like that, we're talking more you know uh, about that community, right? And I think that what drives that community are a different set of characteristics that these content providers. Um, deliver upon. It's not only about good content. It's about authenticity. It's about creating connection. It's about a conversation. It's about, I hear you and you hear me. And we're in this, we're all in this together. And because we distribute content, not through that satellite thing and, or through this cable box, but on your phone, on your computer, we're much closer. Right. And I can, and, and by the way, I can put a comment in, uh, uh, on your video, and I can have a voice in the dialogue. And I think that's very different. And by the way, you can also talk to me across Facebook and Snapchat and Instagram and Vine and Twitter, and we're having this multi-point dialogue. And that, that, and you're. By the way, you're also a person. The, these programming brands, oftentimes are people. Where MTV is a is a brand, and. It was originally, I think, that they did a good job of making MTV about a set of people. Right. Today, MTV is a set because of where the programming had to go. MTV became about um, uh, shows and not about people, and that's and that's the so that's there, th- the, and that's a double edged sword, right. right? Because it's very hard to maintain um, a content brand made of people for that can last for 50 years you know people change they get a different interest but you know that's and, and there's few there's brands that have managed to do that like SNL that's done a great job of that they built a cast that cast is, you know, we're now at 40, like it really is able to transcend generations by constantly reloading that cast with different people. That will be the challenge for the talent that we know today that are establishing their brand based upon their personality, their authenticity, their connection with that audience is like when that person who's 25 years old becomes 35 years old and they change and they have different interests, can they maintain that point of
0: connectivity with an audience let's talk about some awesome stuff you've you've done here so the fine brothers they have a studio correct out of here to make films
1: fine brothers actually have their own studio okay. but
0: they're a par- they're a partner of full screens and so how does that work? Have they been on, by the way have they been on your show no i'd love to have them i, I want to write about them in the book yeah th- those guys are they're magical
1: um, speaking of the fine brothers and bernie yeah you talked about your um mount rushmore yes um let me give you my Mount Rushmore of online video. Um number one, uh Shane Smith Vice. Number two, Zay Frank, uh from obviously one of the pioneers of of vlogging and mm-hmm. now uh running video at BuzzFeed. Number three, Bernie Burnt, by the way, no specific order. And uh I'll say number four, I'm gonna jam the Fine Brothers' face onto one stone and we'll make that um we'll make that the
0: the, uh, like, they're as if like Lincoln and Washington shared a stone. The
1: good news is, if you see their the the way that they build they, their they brand, <laughs> it's it's literally half and half their face. So. Their logo is actually like split. I know, that, I know it'll be a challenge for the the carvers, but I think they can
0: manage. Yeah, so. I think so. There's we could throw enough money at this anyway. It'll yeah. be a national park project anyway. So,
1: so that's that's my Mount Rushmore. And uh, apologies to those who didn't make it on the stone, but um, there'll be many more. Uh, um, you know,
0: uh, Why memorials to, uh, to, to, to these, <laughs> we have the money, our government, you know, yeah. just can throw dollars at it. Why Shane Smith? Um, I mean, I think that, just
1: Vi- the journalism part where he- well, I think that, I think that vice has changed the game. Um, they're, you know, they're probably the first, I mean, they're certainly like the first billion dollar digital video company. Um, and I think that they're, they're creating great content, and they're just going for it. They're, um, they have a unique voice. Um, and I think that as they're a brand that will stand the test of time, a lot of challenges still ahead of them, but they built a massive global infrastructure. They can create um, highly compelling um, news and docs from anywhere in the world. Really, they can outflank CNN and the New York Times today. Really
0: unique, yeah, totally,
1: and that's about really leaning into this digital architecture of you know, uh, different types of crews, different types of uh, filmmakers making content, different types of personalities who are on camera. Like, they don't, it's not like the hosts on that on Vice aren't people that came through J schools or spent time at their local, it's that
0: Wolf Blitzer, yeah, it's
1: in they're, they're they're creating content in the voice of young people. I think that will be. You know, we'll see we'll see a lot of people emulate what Vice has done. Um, but it's, it's it's challenging. Like they're very good at what they do. Um,
0: and why the Fine Brothers?
1: I think they just they are so genius at understanding how to catalyze audience on YouTube. And YouTube is such an important platform. They're I spent a lot of time with those guys, and they are so they have very strong opinions. And they have, but they have such an acute understanding of what will work and a tr- proven track record. Um, and I think that this, like this epoch of YouTube, of online video, one, they're one of the definers of that, of that epoch. And, um, you know, it's, you could put, you know, the, uh, you know, PewDiePie in there. Um, you could, uh, you know, who is obviously the biggest on you, right. biggest channel on YouTube, um, and I have a lot of respect for what he's managed to develop. Yeah, to love Pewds. You got to love them. Yeah, you got to love them. But, um, I, you know, I think those are four, and I think they've built, those are four companies.
0: And they're all very distinct. Yeah. Because Zefranc, who has an open invite to come on the podcast, he, uh, vlogging didn't even exist. It was this very niche thing that he created a web video blog. Yeah. And now it's the go to standard on YouTube. Yeah.
1: I My hope is that there's, um, you know, there's some strong, um, you know, the next time we, you know, coming back that I think there's some strong women who could, who could be on this
0: as well. Do you know what actually is the, uh, it's hard to find women creators to come on the podcast sometimes. And well, I so, think, you know,
1: I think that they're, um, Grace Helbig, yep. Lily Singh, um, you know, are, uh, they are, they're pretty strong. I, I apologize, but, um, I just got a note that we, uh, this is hilarious by the way. You'll love this. They made Dean this room for baby jaguars
0: now. Okay.
1: Um I, I I'm sure that that's a common
0: um I'm not going to edit that out.
1: By the way, that's a common reason that uh They
0: need this room for baby jaguars now smiley face. Yes. I'm going to leave this and I'm not going to edit it. <laughs> yeah. Cuz we, we'll have this we'll pick this up and do another one.
1: Yeah. Um so uh, we probably have a couple minutes left. To so Grace
0: Helbig, I, I interviewed Sarah Weichel. Sarah Weichel's great. She, uh, she's fantastic. Yeah, she's amazing. And um, you guys are going to make a movie with Grace and, and we uh, are. Yeah, we're, curr-
1: we're currently working with Legendary on uh, a, a new show uh, um, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty exciting. So. That's awesome. Yeah. What is that one called? The superhero show? Uh, it is called uh, Electra Woman and Dinah Girl. That's right. Yeah.
0: So, in the business of your what you 're doing, you think you 're going to do a lot more movies
1: um, I think that there 's an opportunity to create more premium programming with creators and it's a it 's a big op- I think it 's a big opportunity because I think the fans want it like w- more and more we think about how we solve consumer problems. What do consumers want and um, there's an appetite there 's an appetite for these talent who are becoming your they're your favorites. They are your stars making the stuff that you want them to make. Um, and I think that um, you can now invest millions of dollars in some of these projects because there's a passionate audience and a place to distribute that content where these projects now make sense. And I don't think that, it, that wasn't necessarily quite as apparent three years ago. Right.
0: The, and the tools have matured. So the industry exactly. actually can figure out that it's a safer bet to take on a YouTube creator with a built-in massive audience of loyal fans and some project that you don't know just cause some celebrities attached to it. If it's yeah. going to do well. Yeah.
1: I mean, these are, and I think that's what's so, you know, that will be incredibly interesting is like this plays out is like, if you do not build a direct to fan relationship, if you're a celebrity that didn't come through the pipeline of having to brick by brick, build YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, yada, yada, yada. like, what's your value in the marketplace? Right. Like when, um, you know, just acting and being good, good looking is, and you know, does that just become table stakes? Mm-hmm. Like is actually your influence and your, uh, and the ability to drive consumer, uh, act- activation, um, based upon your, your, your unique audience. Is that the, tr- will that become the value? Like, and I think that's an interesting question. Um, it will play out soon enough thank you for coming on uh
0: jaguar babies jaguar babies smiley and, face
1: uh, smiley face it's always a new day at full screen um and uh you know that's uh it, you know we'll, we'll see i think we're actually signing some jaguar babies <laughs> to our to our youtube network um but yeah uh, well they're thank,
0: all, they're welcome on the podcast yeah
1: thank you so much for uh for having me on it's it's been a pleasure i appreciate it absolutely <laughs>
0: Hey everyone, that was uh, Ezra Cooperstein, president of Full Screen, a p- very uh, successful talent and content media type company in Los Angeles, paving the way in a lot of ways for the future of YouTube creation, online video, and generally speaking, anything that is consumer-facing that sells uh, items and content directly to fans. It was great because I think the essence of the show, someone called it, was businesstainment, where it's the business side of entertainment, but making it really fun and interesting in a technical way. So Ezra doesn't take himself too seriously. Obviously a very he's a he's a very successful person in business and full screen is definitely, you know, a pioneering company around media. But you gotta have lighthearted conversations on a podcast because anyone can get business podcast advice. There's so many shows out there. It's a noisy environment. And this show differentiates itself because it's has a lot of lessons and learnings, but it's a story behind the person. So you're not just getting a how-to guide. That's a methodical list. You know, churning out a a show that is very formulaic. Like this show is very original, and I'm proud of it. It's episode number forty-one. Have some really good episodes coming up. Interviewed some uh, wrestling podcasters that cover the WWE, some YouTube talent managers, as well as I spoke to uh, some uh, some technical daily podcaster so just in general the technology industry is changing rapidly exactly what we're talking about here and ezra exemplifies the the movement towards the next phase of entertainment and content and how the audience like yourselves the community is a part of the show here and i'm modeling a lot of the work i do on the podcast based on conversations i'm having with the show so this is all work in progress can't wait to see what comes of it i think there's a lot of uh Great episodes down the pike. I'm even going to go to two episodes a week coming up and see how that goes, if I can keep it up with my bandwidth. But I've got a lot of great interviews down the pike. And if you want to go back and check out some good archives, I mentioned Bernie Burns from this episode. It's actually the past episode, number 40. I republished it. Uh, Barbara Dunkelman was episode number 13. Freddie Wong was episode uh, number 31. Willie Geist, Brian Koppelman, those are some of my other more popular guests. Shira Lazar as well from What's Trending. Not trying to name drop, but those are just popular people I've had on the show that are highly successful in business and and, in content and entertainment. So anyway, see you guys at South by Southwest. Hit me up, ryan at influencereconomy.com. Find me on Twitter at Ryan J. Will. And if you want to find me down there in Austin, just seriously send me a tweet. If you see me, say hi. Would love to meet as many listeners as possible. Also, be interviewing listeners down there. So, if you're interested in being on the podcast, find me. And as well, I'm doing the How to Launch Your Idea and How to Launch Your Product series. So, if you want to be on that, find me as well. Would love to uh, give as much feedback as possible to the podcast audience. So, I'm heading over to Duke Zebert's for some chicken in the pot.